Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person, which has 401 ways to make a difference in yourself and the world. This week on the podcast, I'm taking a look at some of the aspects of the health world that maybe deserve some rethinking. And one of those things is weight. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, a functional medicine doctor with a practice in Newtown, Connecticut author of the soon-to-be-released book, Younger You, an award-winning clinician and researcher who specializes in using food and lifestyle interventions to support a process known as DNA methylation. She's put these strategies together into an eating and lifestyle plan that has been shown in a clinical trial to reduce biological age by just over three years in eight weeks. Phew! That's a lot, and you can see that she is a total smarty pants. And even though Dr. Fitzgerald specializes in nutrition and prescribes eating plans to her patients, you'll notice she doesn't use the word diet. So I wanted to talk to her about why she makes that choice and what she focuses on instead of weight. Full disclosure, before I bring her on, I helped Kara write Younger You, and I can attest that she's also very grounded in making this cutting-edge medicine accessible to everyone, whether you're a hardcore biohacker or a regular person who's seeking doable ways to get or stay healthy. And she's a mom to an adorable three-year-old and someone you'd love to be able to chat with on the playground while the kids go down the slide a million times. Kara, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. (laughs) <laughs> it's, of course, great to be with you, Kate. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this, to deconstruct weight a little bit, and then dive into some of your amazing work. So mm-hmm. let's start at the beginning. A lot of people decide how healthy they are based on their weight. And a lot of doctors will talk to patients about how they need to lose weight. Can you tell us why the numbers on the scale aren't always the best indicators of health? Yeah, absolutely. They're really not the best indicators. I mean, there are some massive population studies where you can, you know, if you fall in the obese category, obviously you're you're going, you know, and you're at a certain weight for height, you know, your BMI, you're going to have certain risks or conversely if you're too thin, you might. These sort of these global population studies that aren't considering the individual. We know that there are plenty of individuals who are sarcopenic, meaning they have 
no muscle or little muscle, but they have a lot of fat. So they can actually look because of this absence of muscle, they can have a normal, you know, lovely BMI and look visually to be slender. But in fact, when you look at at their details, when you use an assessment that can tell, you know, differentiate muscle from fat, you'll see that they're in fact loaded with fat. It tends to be around the middle and that tends to be very inflammatory. So these skinny fat people, as as Mark Hyman calls them, are just profoundly unhealthy. And you'll see that when you drill down into what they're eating, what their lifestyle is. And, you know, as a physician, I'm looking at signs of inflammation and blood biomarkers and so forth. So at a glance, weight is definitely an insufficient marker to gauge health. And when we were working on the book together, didn't a study come out that I mean, I know this kind of flies in the face of a lot of what we've known, but didn't a study come out that found that people who had sort of put on some pounds as they aged yes. tended to live longer? Yes, that's right, Kate. It's <laughs> going to be so interesting to see the fate of that study. It actually came out in preprint, meaning it's where we dock our research studies before they go through peer review. So it's in peer review now, and it should be released in a in a journal after it makes it through that. But yeah, and so they were, this is Ohio State, you know, a reputable university and group of scientists looking at women's health initiative data. So a huge database that we analyze all the time in this country. And what they found was that people who were normal body weight in their younger years, as they aged, if they sort of gained a little bit along with that, they actually lived longer, healthier lives, remarkably enough. And it does fly in the face of what we know, especially in this era of intermittent fasting or full fasting or caloric restriction, time-restricted eating, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be really exciting and interesting to kind of tease out what's going on there and seeing whether, you know, we want to ease up on ourselves. Actually, I would argue, I would actually argue that we do need to ease up on ourselves. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Especially as a 51-year-old woman who I spend a lot of time with my friends and we're just talking about how our bodies are changing. And when I heard that study, I was like, maybe there's something to the, like, maybe there's some wisdom yeah. in the way that our bodies are changing and we should just yes. kind of go with it. Okay. So as a functional medicine doctor, you are devoted to the concept of food as medicine. Instead of putting your patients on a diet, though, like a quote-unquote diet that helps them lose weight, you prescribe an eating plan that supports a physiological process called DNA methylation. What is that? Yeah, I want to just say before I jump into DNA methylation that Mm -hmm. food is potent information Mm -hmm. and what you put in will influence, you know, your metabolism just very, very simply. So are you, do you want a revved up active metabolism? Do you want something that's, you know, driving antioxidants and supporting, you know, the best, the best you you can be? Or are you going to sort of put Debbie Downer foods in there that, you know, (laughs) drive production of fat and higher blood sugar, et cetera, et cetera. So we always, I think of food as just this exquisite, every bite is an exquisite, extraordinarily complex packet of information. It's such a cool way to think of how we eat and what's on our fork. And one of the fundamental things that it does is it tells us which genes are on and which genes are off. So nutrition can drive genetic expression. 
do we have our good genes on or do we have our do we have our bad genes on you know on what's what's the balance and one of the processes that directs that traffic and in fact the best researched way is something called DNA methylation so this is Recall from science class that a methyl group is a carbon with three hydrogens. It's a ubiquitous molecule that we use in the body all over the place. And we actually put these carbons and three hydrogen groups, methyl groups, on our DNA in different positions to keep genes from being turned on. And conversely, we pluck these little guys off to allow a gene to be turned on. So lots of methyl groups, that gene is inhibited. Absence of methyl groups, that gene is turned on. And so we want to think about, you know, a a good, healthy genetic expression, a good, healthy pattern of genetic expression. And, you know, that's been a cornerstone focus of my work now really going on years. Mm. So depending on what we eat, we could either be telling our good genes, like our anti-inflammatory genes to stay on, or we could be perhaps unknowingly telling our bad genes, I don't know, cancer promoting genes. We have cancer promoting genes, right? We could be turning those on based on what we eat. Okay. So- How does DNA methylation relate to aging? Because the name of your book is Younger You. So connect those dots for us. Yeah. So it turns out there's a couple, there's actually really interesting and cutting edge science coming out in this arena. Patterns, DNA methylation patterns predictably change with age. So my three-year-old daughter's DNA methylation pattern is so different than mine you know, at 54. So they predictably change so predictably that we've got biological clocks that track with chronological age. So I could look at her DNA methylation. In fact, we did. And they were, you know, it was just really, it was that of a three-year-old. We could predict her age from those patterns. And so we can use, we can now look at biological age by just analyzing DNA methylation. But it There's more than that, though, and this is where it's really fascinating. As we age, there's sort of a predictable kind of deterioration, if you will, in our DNA methylation patterns. So like part of the aging journey is, as you were just mentioning earlier, genes that can promote cancer actually get turned on. They're called oncogenes, which is really annoying. Isabella's are all turned off right now in her youth. She's got other things going on. And then genes that actually suppress cancer, good guy genes, they're called tumor suppressor genes, get turned off as we age. Pro-inflammatory genes can get turned on as we age. And these are all predictable. Not only can we look at DNA methylation patterns and predict age from them, we also know research is really starting to suggest that DNA methylation patterns probably drive aging as well. And the reason that we are starting to unpack this is comes from Sinclair, David Sinclair's lab out of Harvard, where they're playing with just these kinds of things. They're changing epigenetic slash DNA methylation patterns and restoring youth in in animal models. It's just, it's so, so interesting. Mm. 
It's like, it's a lot to unpack, but it's also so exciting to think that there's more than, there's just so much more than calories in, calories out. And yes, and there's such a bigger goal than looking a certain way or hitting a certain weight, but really achieving a certain level, level of health. And also our genes don't dictate our fate necessarily. It sounds like. So that's right. That's right. Genes that are, you know, what's on. So we're, we're looking at this other level versus attaching to the genes that we inherited from our, our parents. Right. So we don't necessarily have to feel like, oh, everybody in my family is pudgy. And so I, I, there's nothing I can do about it or whatever. Everybody in my family has this disease or has risk for this disease necessarily. It's not necessarily like it's written in stone that you're going to have this too. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I think that we have some kind of autonomy, you know, some kind of control over, you know, what we go on to develop. I mean, I don't think that. I know that. Right. All right. I've got a couple more questions for you, but I got to take a quick break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, we are back with Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, author of Younger You. So... We, you were talking about how food, I love how you phrase it, it's, they're exquisite packets of information and they have a lot of influence over our DNA methylation. But food isn't the only game in town. What other things support DNA methylation? Yeah, amazingly enough, a lot of stuff. And maybe this doesn't surprise you, you know, some of your listeners, but stress. I, you know, getting into the science of it and looking at the biological clock was really kind of mind-blowing to me. A full 25% of the clock is influenced by our stress. So it just hit home to me that aging, a big chunk of it, is driven by stress. I think that's the simplest take-home. And it's not just sort of this nebulous general stressed feeling. It's the influence of stress on, you know, our vasculature or on our heart or on metabolism. It's like, it's it's the influence of stress on our total system-wide being, on our brain, etc. And so, we can do a lot in terms of reversing our biological age by tending to our stress. And as you know, Kate, because we worked on this together, the research out there on being able to 
slow it down, slow down or, or even reverse age, turn down the volume on inflammation, et cetera, when we practice meditation or when we're doing Tai Chi or when we're engaging in yoga. I mean, the research is just really cool and exciting. And you don't have to be a yogi on the mountaintop, you know, isolated from the world for 30 years. There was one mm-hmm. study that showed a single meditation event in an untrained meditator had beneficial outcome. Now, this also, though, I want to say that while that is true, and that's motivating to all of us who need to get started, when we stick with it, we have better influence on our genetic expression as well. So these are habits that we want to, on net balance, try to be doing on a regular basis. I love it. Oh, let me, let me actually, let me keep talking or you can just interrupt me. So stress is one. Mm -hmm. Sleep. I mean, sleep is huge. And again, I want to say that research in humans, there's research in animals and in humans shows that chronic insomnia, poor sleep habit is habits are pro-aging. There was a very interesting animal study that showed a single bad night of sleep or whenever the rodents are sleeping had long-lasting effects on neurons, on brain biochemistry, long-lasting effects. So we know that sleep has a profound influence on healthy epigenetic expression. If we're getting sleep, that's in the plus column, especially if we're getting good quality, you know, REM and deep sleep. Or if we're not, and if we're in a, and if we're struggling with insomnia on a protracted basis, you know we can be damaging our epigenome there. So it's something to not just pay lip service to, but actually work on. And I talk about this in great detail in my in my book because my Achilles heel, you know, has been sleep, and it was especially challenging when I became a new mom. But you know, funny quote in the book, (laughs) I did train for sleep, like, you know, an athlete training for an event. Like I put a lot of energy and intention around how I can best sleep. And, you know, I've since improved my ability to, to sleep, you know, just exponentially. So it's doable, even for the worst of us out there. And I put myself in that camp, we can turn it around. It's really heartening. Yeah. Exercise section is great. I just want to say the sleep section in the book is great for anybody listening and thinking like, Oh God, sleep. I'm never going to get enough sleep. There are are a ton of ways to support it. And I I think, and you started off by lowering the bar to seven hours a night versus eight hours a night, which I found to be such a relief. Comforting. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And, and oversleeping is not good either. It's not, I would say probably undersleeping has, you know, better science on it being negative, but oversleeping, you know, likewise is something that needs to be explored. You know, are we looking at a little bit of a depression? Is there a medication issue, et cetera? And so oversleeping isn't, isn't healthy either, but yeah, seven hours will do it. Exercise, of course, is just epigenetically important, but it's a it's balanced exercise. You know, if you're a couch potato, you don't want to be running to the CrossFit gym tomorrow and, you know, jacking your heart rate up really high and just thrashing your body around. There is some suggestion that overdoing it with exercise is pro-aging. But what's overdoing it for me is very different than what's overdoing it for you. Your exercise sweet spot is 
different than my exercise sweet, sweet spot. And so that's what we want to find. In our study, we actually recommend a just an easy minimum structure of five days a week for 30 minutes per with a perceived exertion. This means that you figure it out of 60 to 80%. So, you know, that might be a, a, a brisk walk, but you can still hold a conversation or depending on your fitness, it might be slower or faster, but you know, you can do what you like. You can do what you want. You just want to achieve 60 to 80% perceived exertion. Fantastic. The final thing that I'm going to mention is, and you know, you can add any other thoughts here, is we want to be mindful about toxins. Mm -hmm. Toxins rain on the epigenetic, the DNA methylation parade by so, so, so many different mechanisms and ways that, you know, I'm just going to say collectively, we want to be eating and living, you know, as cleanly as we can, you know, within reason, within our budget within our ability. Yeah. I think it's important to bring that in because, I mean, we kind of hear it a little bit, you know, you want to avoid toxic cleaners and whatnot, but toxins are just kind of part of our lives now. And if you're not consciously doing something to reduce your exposure to them, they're going to be impacting your health. Like it just, it's a fact, right? Yeah. That's right. It's an absolute shoe-in. And, you know, as we talked about in the book, I think we have a really good section on toxins. Actually, as one of my co-authors, Dr. Moshe Seff, wrote about the, you know, that there's an in, there can be an influence of many low-dose exposures on genetic expression, you know, not necessarily getting hit by, you know, a single high-dose, you know, exposure of lead or mercury or something. But you know, just being around plastic or, you know, cooking in poor quality cookware or eating inorganic foods and not perhaps washing them appropriately or peeling them as neat, you know, just the the myriad exposures as we go through our day collect and add up and, and influence us negatively. So I want you to tell us about your study because you put together an eating plan and a lifestyle plan that combines all these components, the foods that support DNA methylation, the lifestyle practices that support it, and mm-hmm. you that you prescribe to your patients, you studied it and you yeah. tell us about it because not only was the study itself really cool, but what you found was kind of mind blowing. <laughs> I know it really was. I want to say, first of all, because I, I just feel like circling back to the whole weight conversation, that's how wh- where we entered into this. We've been using this program in our clinic for years. Um, in fact, I've been educating other professionals on it and lecturing on it, you know, really around the world. And as far as weight loss, you know, when you give your body the right information in forms of in the form of nutrition, where you're supposed to be as far as your body goes, and, you know, that includes, you know, weight loss or weight gain as, 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 as what is needed, feeling satiated, feeling adequately nourished. We've seen that happen time and time again. So where you need to be weight-wise will happen with this plan. In our study, now we were looking at healthy, healthy guys who didn't need to lose weight. So we weren't focusing on that in our study. These, it's a pilot study. It's small. And so we had to we had to limit it to middle-aged men. So we wanted to look at a middle-aged population. They were 50 to 72 years old. It was an ex, it's an expensive study doing, you know, multi-variable nutrition and lifestyle trials like this are are just really pricey and actually measuring DNA methylation at the time was expensive. So we couldn't do a large study 
We didn't include women. I know your listeners are wondering why. Only because during that time, our hormones are changing. You know, we're either pre, peri, or postmenopausal within that age range, and we need larger numbers for that. So I want to assure you, anybody who's interested, anybody who's a little bit geeky can join us in our next study. Of course, it's open to women, and I want to see that information because I am a woman. We used our nutrition program. We prescribed that to our participants, and it's very plant forward. Um, It includes a modest amount of animal protein. We have eggs in the diet. It's rich in information that's going to really massage DNA methylation and genetic expression. It includes a lot of cruciferous veggies, colorful veggies, berries, nuts, seeds, good forms of oil, including coconut oil or medium chain triglycerides. Uh, olive oil and um, good sources of fish, you know, nice fatty, clean salmon, etc. Shiitake mushrooms. And we actually, if you're interested in doing it, we really encouraged our participants to have liver a few times a week because liver is has liver is basically a multivitamin mineral form in a food matrix and an important player in DNA methylation, we think. So this was the study diet, and they actually worked with nutritionists from our practice to just help guide and coach them in implementing that. They had their exercise prescription, as I mentioned. We had them engage in a twice-daily relaxation response exercise, so basically a twice-daily 10 to 20-minute at each time period um, meditation. And we wanted them to get seven hours of sleep per night. Um, And we coached them on good sleep hygiene and just sort of brainstormed with them on making that work. We gave them two supplements. We gave them a greens powder, you know, which is just a concentration of good veggies and, and fruits. And then we also gave them a probiotic. Our a healthy microbiome makes many important nutrients that regulate genetic expression, including DNA methylation, all of the B vitamins, folate, biotin, and on and on. And just and the and good gut bugs themselves actually via mechanisms outside of just vitamin synthesis help regulate gene expression. So we wanted a, a good, healthy gut. And what we found was we f- they lowered cholesterol, the triglycerides were lowered. Actually, I should mention we we had a it's a low glycemic diet, um, somewhat lower carbs, and we did gentle time restricted eating, so nothing after seven, uh, nothing bef- before seven a.m. or whatever time structure they needed. So it was twelve hours eating window and a twelve hour fasting window, doable, you know, by mm-hmm. by most individuals. So their cholesterol dropped, their triglycerides dropped. What else? Their folate increased significantly. Um, we saw some, you know, some positive and predictable changes in biomarkers. And this is impressive because, again, these guys are healthy, so they don't need to change these. So these were like really sort of fine-tuning and improving. But really the overarching finding that stopped us in our tracks, but really kind of in, in you know, the world has taken notice, to be honest with you, is that we were able to reverse biological age. So they, at the start of the study, um, excuse me, at the completion of the study, they were over three years younger 
as compared to our control group who did not do anything. So they didn't have any diet. They had no intervention. We were just measuring their their biomarkers periodically. At conclusion, over three years younger. And that was really the first of its kind study. It hadn't been shown prior to that. And no study since that has been published has come close to showing a biological age reversal in such a short period of time. There are other studies that do show that a longer diet, um, there's a Mediterranean study, we actually talk about it in the book, a year-long intervention could have a favorable and a more modest um, influence on biological age following a Mediterranean diet. And there's a handful of other studies out there with more aggressive interventions using medication or injections that, that had biological age reversal. But ours is the first that just took a, you know, nuts and bolts diet and lifestyle program, something that's really doable. The I think the cool thing about our program is that, you know, as you said in the beginning, I mean, it was it's really specifically designed to massage DNA methylation to really optimize genetic expression. And I think that is probably why we were able to get these extraordinary findings in such a short period of time. Yeah. I mean, when you say short period of time, remind us of how long it was again? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. That's like yeah. between now and the middle of January. <laughs> you know, you think that yeah. we could be three years younger. Yeah. And these were healthy folks, you know, they didn't necessarily, um, it's true that people who are not as healthy, maybe not exercising, not sleeping so well, all that kind of stuff, they tend to be biologically older than their chronological age. Is that true? So. Yep, that is true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we would see bigger changes in, in that population, but these guys were actually really quite healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing, like why lower biological age, right? That might be a question. I mean, so there's obvious reasons. I want to be as young as I can for as, as long as I possibly can, because I've got a little rug, rug rat at home who I just want to, you know, be with forever. But why lower it, you know, more globally? I, and of course, I would love, to, you know, vanity. I'd love to look as young as mm -hmm. I can for as long as I can. So there are these pieces. But you know, aging is the biggest risk factor for all of the chronic diseases that we're obsessively thinking about. Diabetes, heart disease, you know, cancer, dementia, even COVID for that matter. So it's mm -hmm. not a, it's, it's an infection. Yeah, it's an infectious disease that, you know, an older biological aged individual is going to have higher risk at, you know, poor outcome with COVID. So all of those, all of those chronic conditions that prompt us to think about what we're putting in our mouth. I mean, if we go towards making ourselves biologically younger, we can influence whether we get those diseases or not. And it's just extraordinary. It's really the implications of doing it, of focusing on aging versus each of these sort of a whack-a-mole with each of these conditions. The possibility, I think, is just really remarkable. I think so too. And I think it's so much more motivating to kind of maybe make the healthier food choices or get your butt out there to do some exercise or whatever. So much more motivating than to like, I don't know, burn calories or fit into your yes. genes. You know, it's like, it's literally yes. uh, extending potentially, That's right. you, you know, extending your health span, which is something we talk about in the book, which is how long you're in good health because so many of us in America and other countries around the world, you know, we spend the last years of our life very not well. And it's not fun. Yes. And to That's me, right. 
you know, there's lots of things about aging that I could complain about, but, <laughs> but, but what I really don't want to experience is like being unwell yeah. for a long time. Yes. So I just think that your eating protocol and your lifestyle guidelines are so exciting and empowering. And I'm really honored to have you on the podcast today. I know that we could talk about this for another couple of hours <laughs> and maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get you back on. We'll come but, back. Um, yeah. For the sake of keeping us to, um, you know, a somewhat short interview, tell us where we can find your book and get more information. I know that you've got a lot of resources for people ready now and the book is coming soon. So tell us where to go. Yeah, well, absolutely. Go to um, youngeryouprogram.com, youngeryouprogram.com. You can uh, pre-order the book. You can sign up for the app, early access to that. So just get your email on that list and you'll be directly notified with all sorts of uh, fun things. And then also go to my website, which is just drkarafitzgerald.com, D-R-Kara, K-A-R-A Fitzgerald.com. And there you'll find loads of resources. Um, you can get the study, you can find, you know, just lots of information on methylation. You can find uh, recipes, methylation, Younger You Approved Recipes, we call it Methylation Diet and Lifestyle Approved Recipes. You'll also, you'll just be, if you sign up for that, you can sign up for both newsletters. You can get as many as you want from me, but <laughs> you'll, you'll just be kept in the loop for goings on at the platforms. I'm also on Instagram and I'm on Facebook as well. We're quite, a, and Twitter, we're, we're active over there. I'm doing Instagram lives every Thursday at noon Eastern time. Maybe it's 1230. And we're going to have a, a really cool, actually, I'm announcing it here first. We're going to be doing a really cool mini summit of interviews around longevity protocols from, you know, the who's who in our space. Oh, cool. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, and if, if we have your email, you'll definitely be kept in the loop as to who we're going to be talking to and, and what we're going to be talking about. And you'll get goodies if you pre-order the book. I think you'll have access to some of some exclusives from these interviews. So yeah, lots going on. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Tell me your Instagram handle. I'll put it in the show notes. I think it's K Fitzgerald ND. How's okay. that? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> okay. I love it. I totally get it. I have different handles on different platforms and yeah, it can be a little bit of a... It's Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. I know. I, I'm sorry. No, okay. I think it's Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. Right. Don't worry. I'll just put it in the show notes. All right. Okay. I'm just going to. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause I'm totally not sure. All right, Kara. Well, it's super exciting. I hope that if you're listening to this and you are intrigued about how you could start to reduce your bio age just by changing the things that you eat and the things that you do, that you'll go check out youngeryouprogram.com. Kara, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks for coming over today. <laughs> let's hang out again soon. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at beabetterpersonpodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. 
I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 